Hi, this is Phil Ehart, drummer for the band Kansas, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Steve Morse, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Eric Johnson, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi there, this is Richard Williams from the band Kansas, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Folks, welcome to episode 165 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John. Episode 165, we're going to be taking a look at some artists who have just been through or are coming to our area, and I'm sure they're coming to your area too. We've got from the band Kansas, Richard Williams, who was in town on August 10th to play the Carnegie Library of Homestead, put on a phenomenal show. And if you uh, went to the show or didn't want to go to the show, you want to go to ironcityrocks.com. We've got photos of the event. Eric, uh, who's been on the show many times and who will be interviewing Richard here in a few minutes, was at the show and took some great photos. So check those out. Also joining us, Eric Johnson, guitarist, uh, Grammy winner, uh, all around amazing musician. If you're a guitar player, you know who Eric Johnson is. Eric will be coming to Pittsburgh on the 30th of September to do a show at Alter Bar. Uh, you can get tickets at druskyentertainment.com. Check that out. Uh, also, I will be doing an article for guitarworld.com on Eric uh, very shortly. So keep an eye on that if you follow us on Facebook, uh, which is just Iron City Rocks. Like us on Facebook. I'll keep you abreast of all that goings on. So without further ado, we're going to talk to Eric Johnson. Here's a track he did uh, about 15, 20 years ago called SRV. as a tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Probably my favorite Eric Johnson track, and then we're going to get in the interview with him. Johnson, guitarist extraordinaire. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, John. Thanks for having me, man. Good. Now you're on uh, the eve of of a set of dates uh, out supporting still the Up Close album, correct? Yeah, we've done a, a series of tours and uh, a number of U.S. tours, some Canadian stuff, and then we just got back from uh, Europe. So okay. We're ready to going to do a few more 
uh, things on the West Coast and then have some stuff out on the East Coast. Yeah, it looks like you're kind of hitting um, August is going to be primarily the West Coast and September you're going to be coming around to the Northeast and stuff. Uh, one of the uh-huh. dates uh, in particular uh, in Tucson, you're playing with uh, Will Lee and Anton Fig, and I was curious um, how, how you met up with Anton. Uh, that was an interesting name to see there. Yeah, I, I met Anton, mostly met him through Oz Noy when he was doing some playing with with okay. Oz, I kind of heard of him, kind of you know, met him in passing, but got to know him a little bit with mm-hmm. through Oz and hanging out in New York, and then we jammed a little bit, and then we just talked about doing some stuff together. Okay, uh, who is? Are you just touring as a trio um, for the whole tour, and and who's joining? I you? am. Yeah, Chris Marsh on bass and Wayne Salzman on drums, and I've been playing with them for a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you do you ever? tour with another guitarist or is it, do you just like to do a three piece primarily you know I haven't in the, God, I don't know if I ever have really very much um, but yeah you know I, I think about it a lot I like you know I'd like to do some other stuff besides trio because mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have more textures and orchestrations I guess I've been just so used to so many years of trio it's kind of like a natural reflex but, but yeah. it, I think it would be probably good for me to try some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly no harm in a trio. It seemed to work for Cream and Jimi Hendrix, so <laughs> you don't want to mess yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to be um, doing this run of dates then, and then um, do you have you know kind of future plans beyond September for what's next, or are you going to do some more touring, or are you going to go back into the studio? Yeah, you know, I I have some more. I have been offered some really nice concerts in England next year. Um, so I'm going to go back to England and do some really nice stuff there. But I'd really like to get off the road for a while and just kind of regroup and think about what I want to do and, and what I can do to try to, you know, um, shift gears in what I'm doing, you know, and try to get a little new stuff and new uh, perspective a little bit so you just don't keep kind of doing the same thing. Tourist so tour. Record cycle. Yeah, well, for, yeah, definitely for recording, and they try to approach that a little differently and a little you know, emotionally deeper. You know, try to get some good songs and good spontaneous playing, and then, and then you know that hopefully would unfold into some. You know, I definitely have some touring next year, but I'll, I'd like to take some time to just ride and work on some new recordings. Yeah, to kind of decompress from the road because that's got to be grueling. Now, when you're on the road, I mean, you're known. I think for the last better part of 30 years is is the man with the tone. When, specifically when you're on the road, how hard is it to, to kind of keep your sound the way you want it with different venues and halls and things like that? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that that was the original reason I fell into the rabbit hole. I got tired of, I would play gigs where my guitar sound would be really great and the next time it would be horrible. And I just started realizing there was, I think at the end of the day, it, it's an X factor. It's a mojo thing. It's just, it's just like the wind. You can't really, you can't, you can't really uh, wrestle the wind into being your slave. You mm-hmm. know, it's just what it is. You, you know, we have to realize our limitations as humans, and we have to kind of go with that universal flow, and then we can become bigger and, and better. You know, but if we try to clinch our fists and do it ourselves, we just keep running into brick walls. So. 
I think in the big sense, you know, there's just so much you can do as far as manipulating your gear to have a good sound. But having said that, I got tired of it just being different all the night. So I said, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a science to this. You know, I said, mm-hmm. try to use the same chords or this, set it up the same. You know, once I get it to where it really sounds great, I got to like make marks and stuff and study it. And how can I make it more consistent? So the ongoing process of trying to get a better sound has, you know, been, you know, kind of a crazy bronco ride. But when, it does get right, the percentage of it staying consistent is way, way higher than it ever was before I tried to map out a certain consistent schematic with it. So that was the main reason I did it in the first place. Now, as far as effects, kind of other effects do you, you use on the pedal? Well, I have a lot of stuff, but I don't have it turned on all the time. So mm-hmm. at any given time, I mean, I use a little bit like MXR Digital Delay and a Boss okay. DD2 and an Echoplex. I mean, okay. those three... The Boss DD2 goes on my Twins for rhythm, and the MXR Digital Delay goes on my Dirty Rhythm Marshall, and then the Echoplex goes on my lead. And they never are on it. They're all separate on different amps. Other than that, it's just a PC course and a tube driver and a fuzz face. Okay. And you do all your switching yourself on the floor? Yeah. Yeah. You see, you can kind of feel when you want to switch gears. Uh, um, Yeah. As far as is your your guitar, your live, do you, do you basically play the signature series strats live, or do you have some vintage ones you take on the road, or you kind of keep those at home and in safekeeping? No, I have a, a couple of vintage strats that I play, as well as the signature ones. Yeah, and do, do most do you use stock Fender pickups for those, or do you do you use like an aftermarket pickup? Oh no, one of my I have uh, I only have two of my signature strats. Um, then I have a couple of old ones, and that's pretty much my whole collection of strats. I don't really have tons of them. I, I kind of mm-hmm. just use, I kind of just keep what I really use. But one of my signature strats is 100% stock, and the other one is is mostly stock. It's all stock except for one pickup. Okay. So you, the fans are getting kind of, you know, what you use when they go to their dealer and buy one, which is is cool. Um, do you, you know, you've been obviously at the forefront of, of the guitar world for, as I mentioned, the better part of three decades now. Do you still find yourself uh, kind of pushing yourself to learn new things as a guitarist, or do you have time even to to, to endeavor right, yeah, in this? That's a that's a good question. The way you put it, I mean, do you have time? You know, our lives get so complicated. You know, you have all that you mean well, and you want to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. But when do you ever get around to it? And when you're a kid, you have nothing to get up, and you just you know play, and you have a, you're available, and you have more of an opportunity to do that. But but then again, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. So you just got to find the time. But yeah, I mean, I I think that you got as you get older, and your life gets more complicated, and your brains gets full of too much stuff, you have to defrag, you know, and, and make your life more simple and, and yeah. just go, okay, I'm going to make myself have the discipline to sit down and destroy the comfortable furniture that I'm sitting in, kind of sit down and do that and, and then, you know, really push yourself to uh, to be, you know, to try to think innovative, you know, and, and yeah. not just sit and rely on your old alphabet all the time. Yeah, what you but, said, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just going to say, you know, it's interesting, though, there's there's a way you got to force yourself to do that, but also there's all sorts of little perks and little magic things that can happen in your life where, you know, if it sounds good or you're inspired or you're joyous, you know, then it gives you extra extra engine power to get there naturally, you know, yeah. and I think that's what, if we, if we allow those little, little uh, morsels of 
light morsels or whatever they are to come into our psyche and our life, then, then we can get that extra engine power to just be inspired to go there. You know, yeah. instead of just, oh, well, i got to sit down and do this, you know. Yeah, I remember as a, as a kid reading about Steve Vai and his marathon guitar workouts and thinking, okay, this is kind of cool. I can do this, you know, I'm 14. I don't have anything else to do. You know, try to do that when you're 34 or 44 and, and find the time and, you know, with work yeah. and you know, obligations yeah. and things. It's hard to, to sit down and practice like you used to. And I'm yeah. sure, you know, and, and with what you do, you know, people don't realize the amount of work that it goes into a tour and the promotion yeah. of an album and it's, things like that. They think you just sit around and noodle on the guitar all day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that doesn't yeah. happen much. Okay, well, Eric, I don't want to take any more of your time. I want to thank you for taking the time to do the interview with us today, man. John, thank you, man. I appreciate your doing this. Thank you very much. Appreciate the help. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. All right, many thanks to the Grammy Award-winning Eric Johnson. You can get his up-close albums available on Amazon, iTunes, and all the usual places to get records. Really cool records. Got a lot of special guests, including Steve Miller. Uh, sings on a track. It took me a while to figure out that that was Steve Miller singing on the track. So it's really a cool album. Uh, there's a lot of vocal tracks on it, but it's uh, pretty good stuff. So you want to check that out and check out the show on the 30th of September. Hope to see you all out there. Speaking of shows, Eric uh, recently attended the Kansas concert at the Carnegie Library of Homestead. So here's an interview we did with Rich Williams. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's, it's great to talk to you. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah. So uh, we don't have a lot of time. I just wanted to catch up with uh, with you and, and with Kansas and uh, see how your tour is going. I know you're, you're uh, touring supporting the There's No Place Like Home DVD. 
Yeah, we've been doing that quite a bit. Uh, a lot of symphony work, and that's been going well. Uh, and then uh, we're doing, you know, other than symphony shows also, so we're doing a bit of both. Okay. Um, how's, how's the tour going for you so far? That's been great. It's an, another year in the life of Kansas. Uh, it's, it's all familiar. <laughs> this is uh, our 39th year of doing it, so it's uh, we've got it. It's a pretty finely oiled machine now. We've got it down to a science, and it's uh, really is a joy to do. I love this. I'm sure, and it needs to be called out to those who you know who may not know. You know, you're you're one of the two original members, and that's just incredible. So, 39 years and still going strong. Yeah, I've avoided the the workforce my entire life. <laughs> I, 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 I do know what a real job is, and this just doesn't qualify. <laughs> Boy, you're so you're so blessed, man. That's just awesome. That's just awesome. Now the uh, the tour benefits. Um, you, you, you're you're benefiting the college music programs when it comes to the symphonic uh, concerts, correct? Yeah, um, well, not all the symphonic ones, but the Kansas Collegiate Symphony work. Okay, um, that's in, in part a benefit for the music departments of those colleges. And after the shows, we we, we all the merchandise is bought. For, for those shows, we go up front. We sign anything that anybody buys, and we share the proceeds of that with the college. Diderio, the string ma- the string manufacturer, they're sponsored. They have a scholarship. They donate um, a lot of equipment to the schools and this and that. So it's it's a, it's a great experience for the kids. So it's a really win win for everybody. Definitely. How do you pull this off? Where you uh, you know tour with a different symphony every every show? Uh, it's it's well for me. I just show up and play. Um, <laughs> uh, Larry Baird, who was he wrote all the music when we uh, or scored it all when we originally did the album with the London Symphony Orchestra, and he's from the Moody Blues and all you know does Dennis D. Young. A lot of people. He's the go-to guy when it comes to doing meshing a symphony with a rock band. Um, he's our conductor. He travels with us when we do these shows, and really the work is his. He goes. He advances the charts, so they get to work on this as part of the curriculum. And then he goes in, you know, the day of, sometimes the day before, and works with the, the, the kids. And so they're prepared. So when we show up, you know, in the afternoon for a sound check on show day, we just go through some of the rough parts, and it's more of a sound check than anything. And then the show starts, and we just play. Larry follows Phil, the drummer and in turn conducts the orchestra to follow. And so if the wheel would fall off the wagon, which, it, knock on wood, it hasn't yet, <laughs> um, he would just wave them off and you know, meet you at the next song. That's, right. it, it always works. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so many bands are, are doing the, the symphony the, the symphony thing now, but, I mean, I, I, I totally believe you're you're one of the ones who, who it would you know, lend lend itself to, you know, you know, I, I think it, it it all seems to sound really good when I've heard it different bands, but I, I would think yours would sound, you know, among the best just because of the type of music you do. Yeah, it's definitely it's not a shoehorn kind of thing. It it, it is a natural fit. Sure. So much of our stuff is, is in the essence of it is already symphonic. So it, it's there's a few songs we don't do that just don't work very well. Like Portrait is not a song that really is very conducive to doing with the symphony. No. Rock right. songs tend to be a little trite. Um, so instead of doing that, we do something like Nobody's Home, which is much more powerful with the symphony than it was on 
uh, on the return album. Some songs work better. Sure, sure, definitely. Now, uh, you you reunited with uh, with Carrie Livgren for the uh, per, for some of the performances or one of the performances, the one the DVDs uh, for, right? Uh, no, he he only played on that one. Just on the one, right? Not on all of them. Yeah, and, and uh, he I'll, has it, since then. He's he's he made a few guest appearances, but Carrie had a stroke three years ago. Right, right. And so, yeah, how, uh, how is he doing? Well, he's fine. We just did I actually just did Rockline uh, two nights ago together. Um, the, the syndicated rock show, and well, he's he's doing fine. He's he's not really able to. He can sort of play guitar, but uh, like that's the wind, the finger picking. He just he tries to play, but he struggles with that. So yeah, so has been a, difficult for him. Yeah, he's been a um, guest conductor at some shows since then. Uh, but you know, we, we're, we're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Carrie moved back to Kansas and. That's where his life is, and that was, uh, you know, with, with Carrie playing on that show and Steve Morris being involved in that, that was a one-time deal. That's not going to, they're not, you know, people don't need to be, you know, is Carrie and Steve going to be here tonight? No. Right. You know, Carrie left the band over 25 years ago, and and a few things, you know, occasionally he has appeared, but. Don't count on it. No. I, I would be as surprised as everybody else we showed up. Sure, sure. Now, Carrie has a book coming out also um, about Dust in the Wind, correct? Or it's already out, right, for, for benefiting all Well, it's, no, it's not, Carrie didn't come out with a book. We commissioned the book to be done, so it's, it's a booklet. Okay. It's called Dust in the Wind. It was on the 35th anniversary of the song. Carrie wrote the prologue to it. He said, you know, Carrie write something, you know, sort of, you know, how the song came about. So he writes a story of how the song was created. And then we went, we asked our fans to send in stories what the song meant to them. We had thousands of stories, and we selected from those. Uh, there were so many, it was hard to pick. And we sure. selected some, and, you know, with, there's pictures and stuff, and then, you know, people's stories about it all. And the proceeds of this are being shared with Autism Speaks. Mm-hmm. And this was just something to commemorate the 35th anniversary of Dust in the Wind. And we, th- we just thought it would be appropriate to have Carrie write the prologue to it. Sure, sure, definitely. Now, what uh, what kind of uh, guitars uh, have you been playing these days, Rich? I've been playing PRS for a long time. That's mm-hmm. what I play. And acoustic, I play uh, Kevin Ryan acoustic. But uh, coming up... This is an interesting thing. Somebody's going to be very lucky. Uh, there's a sweepstakes that we're doing on online. Uh, Martin Guitars has made a 35th comm- commemorative Dust in the Wind guitar. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's got a bit of Dust in the Wind. It's a one-of-a-kind Martin D28. I mean, right out of the box, it's a, it's a five-figure guitar. You know, one-of-a-kind Martins are so incredibly highly collectible, and this is... I recorded it with my Martin D28, and wow. so they have made a copy of that. And um, for this um, upcoming tour we're about to start, I'll be playing it instead of my Ryan, and somebody's going to win this. I, I, I'm going to hate to let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard to do, definitely, definitely. But uh, people can find out about the sweepstakes from uh, KansasBand.com, or, and I think it's. 
I haven't seen the link yet, but I think it might be off of our Facebook page, which you can access from KansasBand.com. Sure, sure. That's good. Well, I know you're coming into Pittsburgh on August 10th, and I'm, gonna, I'm planning on being there, and I'm really, really very much looking forward to it. You guys always put on a great show. That's going to be fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Okay, take care. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Saturday, October 27th, Consol Energy Center. Bruce Springsteen, live with the classics. And songs from his new album, Wrecking Ball, available now. Tickets are on sale Friday, August 17th at 10 a.m. LiveNation.com or Ticketmaster outlets or the box office. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, Wrecking Ball Tour. All right, Rich Williams of the band Kansas, and again, they put on a heck of a show, so we don't want to miss that next time. Also, if you go to ironcityrocks.com, I posted a pictorial on the band Boston, who were in town the same night. Eric got to see Kansas, I went to see Boston. Both put on a hell of a show. Can't say enough about how great Boston did that night. So check that out as well. Also, Facebook, Twitter, we're Iron City Rocks. We'd really appreciate the follow, feedback on iTunes. Stay tuned next time. We're going to have some more special guests coming at you. We hope to bring you a really wide range of hard rock, metal, blues guests. So send us some feedback. Let us know what you think. IronCityRocks at gmail.com. And until next time, we always thank you for listening. (laughs) 